Welcome to Built in Texas, y'all. Your weekly bite-sized introduction to the bold ideas and inspiring women leaders making an impact in Texas. This week, we're sharing a few lessons and strategies that you'll need to move your growth and perspectives forward with our very special guest, nonprofit leader and rock star, and the CEO of Giving Blueprint, Kimberly O'Neill. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so that we don't have enough time, Jasmine. Girl, we do not. We do not have. So I'll just come back another day. So we'll and you know what? We need to do an evening one. Like I said on your social with some wine, probably. Yeah, probably so. so probably so where I can just be my Twitter self. That's right. Because your Twitter, they crack me up. I just I sit there and laugh at some of the tweets. I'm like, I, they I don't I don't look for a response. I just need to, it's a great place to just say some things and get it off my mind. The world That's needs right. to hear it. It's the truth. And uh, it's just the truth. And we just need to share it. It's not, I don't do it to, or say it to be offensive because sometimes it needs to be said because no one else wants to say it. That's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> so um, I want to kind of get straight into it. So one of the things I thought when I was like, what topic can we talk about with Kim? Because there's so much to talk about. And I was on her Twitter feed and I, and I was just going through it. Um, and there's so many nuggets on there. And so I thought, okay, what great way for us to frame this conversation would be to talk about some leadership. Because I think leadership is intertwined in, in a in the life, in the work, in the business of mo- of all women that are here in the state of Texas, no matter what zip code you're in. And so um, I want to have this conversation. But first up, Kim, um, I want you to tell us a little bit about what you do and the work you do for those that maybe have not connected with you and don't know who you are. Yeah. So I guess that's a long sorted tale, but I'm going to make it <laughs> as short as I can. Um, which is probably why I am so vocal on on Twitter. <laughs> um, my name is Kimberly O'Neill. I am a seasoned um, and mentally retired um, senior government executive. I spent uh, 20 years of the beginning part of my career in municipal governments across the country. I'm a former city manager. So I was used to not being able to say anything because mm-hmm. anything that I said had the potential of impacting government. Um, and so, um, and then also somewhere in there, I also started working in the nonprofit sector as well. Um, 11 years ago, I said, this is it. I moved to Texas in 2007. Um, and three and a half years later, I said, I'm done. I'm done with all of it. I'm tired of rules. I'm tired of looking at um, the inability to truly help community the way that I'm used to working in community. Um, and I walked away from everything and started my own um, full-time consulting company Really, at that time, working in sports philanthropy, working with professional athletes, encouraging them to not start their own 501c3s and to utilize their brands to work with existing mid-sized nonprofit organizations. And I realized that there was a deficit um, for nonprofit startups. There was an adequate training. And so we just see so many nonprofit startups failing, not just because they shouldn't exist. Some of them shouldn't exist, but more so there wasn't adequate training for them. Um, And I launched an incubator called Call Studio. So I'm the CEO of Giving Blueprint, which does provide um, consulting to community-based initiatives. But I also launched an initiative called Call Studio. So we provide professional development training to nonprofit startups. We used to do that in a form of an incubator, but we have since morphed and transitioned into virtual professional development training. And we provide that to organizations throughout the country. And I also have just a small little baby project that actually is 
simply for me called Style Givers, which is an online clothing boutique for women that launched earlier this year, well, mid-year um, 2021. So you're just a little busy. I'm a little busy, um, but it, it in a good way. Style Givers was because everything else that I did was, everything else that I do was for everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. It was about service to others. My personal mantra is service to others as a part of life. Um, and our involvement is not an option. And I truly mm -hmm. believe that I have been working for community since I was 13 years old. So I have been working, I'm almost 50. I have been working in and for community for over 35 years. So I don't know how to do thing anywhere, anything's anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I needed to do something where at the end of the day, I didn't have to think about a project that was due the next day. Yeah. And so fashion and styling for me is a part of me. So I wanted to do something that was first about giving back to me, especially during this pandemic, mm -hmm. um, but also giving back to other women um, that could have been in the same predicament as me, not getting dressed, getting mm -hmm. wearing leggings, um, putting on lipstick and a t-shirt or a regular shirt for Zoom, some dressing from the waist up and mm. nothing else. And so that one was really and truly for me. So where people like, how do you find time to do it? Because for me, that is playtime. And I yeah. actually enjoy doing it. So as long as it continues to feel good, I'll continue to do it. And the moment that it doesn't feel good anymore, I'll stop doing it. No, I love that. And I remember when you started dropping these looks on your Facebook because I was basically had my PJs on while I was working. And I was like, no, she didn't. Uh, no, she didn't just drop that. I really need to go at least go get dressed up. I, I love it. I was like, something's coming because Kim, she always looks cute, but I was like, something's coming because these are some looks like L-E-W-K-S. Now, there's a question I always, a very important question I always ask in the beginning of the show, and I, I need to make sure I ask it for you. It's crucial for you to answer this. Um, Tex-Mex or sushi? Tex-Mex. I don't like sushi at all. No sushi at all. Okay. What's your fave Tex-Mex? Um, I think I am prompt. I don't think I have a favorite. I think I can just go into the restaurant and figure anything out okay. as long. And quite honestly, that's the truth. Because if you ask me about a, any restaurant I want to go to, it's going to be a Tex-Mex restaurant, quite okay. honestly. And when I go other places and people want to go to restaurants, I sit back and go, but there's not a Tex-Mex restaurant here. So like, what am I going to do? I'm like, pick something. I don't know. So okay. for, for sure. Every time I ask this question, I immediately start getting hungry. And for me, it's quesadillas, some spinach quesadillas. I can also do some chili con carne, nachos. I guess my fave too. But I like sushi too, though. So I want to kick off with our uh, first lesson that we talked about. So the theme of the show is five leadership lessons that can change your life. And these lessons, I pulled them from Kim's uh, Twitter feed. Now, what's your Twitter? It's just Kim online, right? Everything, just Kim online everywhere on social media. Okay, cool. Just Kim online. Okay, so our first one. Stop waiting for permission. I thought this was a fantastic yeah. one to go on. Can you talk? Let's talk a little bit about that. How's that impacted your career, your life, your business? You know, this came when I first moved to Texas. When the first day at my job in Fort Worth, I remember asking my boss a question and I remember her answer. And she said, they won't let us do that. What? And I said, who is they and who is us? There was no hesitation. And you know my personality. <laughs> I said, 
who is they and who is us? Because I don't subscribe to that. And I knew then, and in the back of my mind, I said, what did I just get myself into? Mm. Because as someone who has worked and um, who had worked in government agencies where my responsibility was to go in and figure things out, offer solutions, and then they would fix it. That was my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand working in an agency where a director was saying they won't let us do it when we Who were was the they? Who was the they? Upper leadership. Ah, right? okay. Won't let us in terms of, and there were some other assumptions I thought as well, because we were both black women. That's so what I was wondering. Also, I also made some assumptions about that because we were actually two of the youngest. We were a year apart. We were 35 and 36. Um, we were two of the youngest leaders in the city leading a department. Um, we actually had some of the, we were probably, we had another young leader. So collectively we were a young leadership team over a department. There were two black women leading the department. And I think that was some of it as well. And this was her first senior leadership position and it clearly it wasn't mine. And mm -hmm. so I think there was some of that. And I, I just couldn't understand when you own a, when you accept a position, especially in government, your job is to, the, to, to do right by the people. And, but when I think about entrepreneurship and business um, and just being in Texas and what I've observed mm -hmm. in the entrepreneurial community, what I've observed is that women often wait for permission to move forward with their own idea, mm. even when people aren't providing funding, mm. coaching, mentorship, guidance, I always say we are waiting to be knighted to move forward with our own gifting. Mm. And so we cannot wait for permission to move forward with our own gifting, our own talents, our own goodness, because we will be waiting for forever while other people are moving forward with their ideas, sometimes our ideas, mm. sometimes our people, sometimes our resources, sometimes our timing. And so we cannot wait for permission to move forward with the things that are designed for us. Um, sometimes we wait for permission because we are scared. Sometimes we are waiting for permission because we just want someone to validate that this idea is good. And no one can really do that for you. Entrepreneurship requires a different type of mindset. My yes. parents have no idea what I do sometimes. <laughs> My mother is, you know, she's a true New York City civil servant. Um, she had a job. She kept that job. She retired from that job. I have asked my mother, do you know what I do? And she goes, mm -mm. she'll smile. And she says, no, but my mother will forward whatever email I send mm. her, but she really doesn't understand. And entrepreneurship is risky for her. And I get that. I truly get that. So what I can't do is wait for my mom to mm. really kind of approve at 50 years old, I can't wait for that. Mm. And that may sometimes feel disappointing, disappointing for me. But if that's what you're waiting for, your family, your friends, um, um, your peer group or anyone else, or sometimes even other entrepreneurs who may not understand the work that you're doing, that might not be the group or the people that you yes. need to surround yourself with. And there are also, <clears throat> excuse me, entrepreneurs who are not willing to take the same type of risk that you're willing to take. Right. 
And you have to be careful with who you surround yourself with because you'll never move forward. Um, and sometimes you may never realize either your dream or your goals, period, or you'll never realize the level that you can get to because you're too busy holding back because you're waiting for other people who will never, ever co-sign what you're trying to do. I think, I mean, first of all, we could just talk about this time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's huge. And I think we're always waiting. And I, and I, and I don't know if it's just even in business though, it's like we're constantly waiting. I've always believed too that we have everything we need right now. It's never going to be really perfect. And I know a lot of us struggle, I have with the whole perfectionism, this needs before I can launch it or this before I can put myself out there. It's like, you're never, it's never going to be perfect. Like we have mm -hmm. everything we need. And I always say this to specifically women living in Texas, there are women here who have your back and want you to be successful. I will be a broken record saying that because this state sometimes can feel very lonely if you just moved here. And so it's important, or if you've been here for a long time and it's hard finding kind of your tribe, there are women that want to have your back. Now I want to move to the next ones. I think these are kind of um, complimentary about sharing your narrative matters. Um, let's yes. talk about that. And um, hey, Mika, thanks so much for joining us, right? She's already faxed. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about that as we talk. So um, stop asking for permission, but let's talk about why it's important for women specifically to share, uh, share your narrative. Why does that matter? And y'all, I pulled these from Kim's tweets. Okay. Just Kim online. Literally it's, it's 50 million nuggets on there. So make sure you follow and connect with her. Why is it important to share your narrative? Nobody's going to tell my story, but me, mm -hmm. no one will ever tell my story but me i am so direct in how i present myself if someone shares something about me and you don't think it sounds like me they're lying because i am so direct i want so if something sounds a little bit off you go, kim o'neill would never share that trust and believe kim o'neill would never share that right, right? we have to be okay with sharing our narrative. And let me tell you something, a few weeks ago, I shared something on social media and it opened the door for young women to send me DMs and thank me for creating a safe space for them to share their personal comparable experiences simply in my DMs. And it bothered me so much that in 2021, that young women are still afraid to share what's happening to them in the workspace, in the entrepreneurial community. And as an older woman, because even though I don't want to admit that sometimes I am, as an older woman, not sharing my narrative or keeping quiet about some things means that I have left the door open for younger women to believe that it is okay for those things to happen to them. Mm -hmm. And it is not. And that for me is my responsibility. Yes. I don't care about race. I don't care about religion. When it comes to being a woman and when it comes to equity, some of the things that continue to happen to women are happening because we are not making it so 
comfortable for women to stand up. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's because of tragedy and the trauma associated with things that have happened to some of us that are older. And I get that part. But for some of us that are comfortable in sharing narrative, and I don't care how severe Mm -hmm. or not the situations are, when we are comfortable, I think it is important for us to begin having these conversations so that younger women feel empowered to at least show up and share what is happening to them so we can let them know, no, that's not normal. And mm-hmm. that person doesn't have that kind of power. And no, 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 no. I need for you to go and begin to have these conversations and tell them where they can go. Sometimes people don't even know where they can go to complain, go for support, go for additional resources, go to file a report. And I'm not just, I'm not just talking about sexual harassment. Honestly, I'm not, that's actually a small part of what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the things that I'm talking about are things that people take for granted. And sometimes these are the things that hold women back from getting from uh, from asking for permit or waiting for permission or thinking that they have to wait for permission to move their businesses forward. Mm-hmm. So it is important that we're sharing and owning our own narratives. When I close my eyes, when my day is done, mm-hmm. nobody's going to tell my story because I've already told it. I've told what needs to be told in my own way. So anybody that chooses to share anything after that, people that know me knows that that didn't happen that way. And if they, and if you do believe it, it's just because you want to gossip anyway. Right. I think it's such a huge point too. And, you know, we talk about our younger sisters kind of out there who are afraid to speak up. There's so many of, of women though who are older who have just kind of been conditioned to, to not speak yeah. up. And I have to do a movie quote, a reference with Tina Turner. You know, one of the things in that movie when she basically told Ike, and I know some of y'all youngest haven't seen what love got to do with it, so I will put the link in here. Um, but one of the things she said in the courtroom is she's like, you can have everything, but I want to keep my name, that name, your voice. There's so many women who have come before us that have put in so much work and have gone through so much for us to have our voice. Your voice is so important. I think this is why talking about the, the numbers of the women that are here in the state, that our voices matter and your voice matter, your story matters, flaws and all. And so I think it's so important and it really kind of makes you who you are as well. Um, and I think sharing your na- narrative, is, is you don't really have a choice to do it because if you don't do it, someone else will do it. I know most women who have paved the way, been in a leadership role, have dealt with other people trying to tell your narrative. And all you have at the end of the day is your name and your story and what that means to you because people will say, all sorts of stuff. I'm sure you've had to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought that's why my TED talk was your voice is your currency. Mm-hmm. Your voice is the most expensive thing that you have. And the two things that I will argue and fight for my name and my money, those are the mm-hmm. two things you can have everything else. Yes. My reputation. And it's based on my name. At this particular point, I make money based on my name Mm -hmm. and my reputation. And so if you are out there altering my name and who I am because of some false narrative, it's not going to happen. And I will battle for it. And I'm okay with doing that. 
right? Because if you alter how I make my living because of whatever it is that you want to say, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. If I'm wrong, I will own it and I will apologize for it. But it's very rare that I find myself in those situations because I am direct. I am I am blunt. But if I'm wrong, I always say I'm going to be strong and wrong. And I'm going to say, you know what? You are right about that. Yeah. You're right. I didn't see it that way. You're right about that. I can own that. I can swallow that. Right. But I can't I can't own a narrative that's untrue about me, right? Because I am so blunt, I have to sit in the bluntness of saying they are absolutely right about that because I can't be right all the time mm -hmm. that I have to accept that when there's an opportunity for me to learn and hear something differently, that I have to be comfortable in that part as well because that is being a good student of leadership. Yes, agree with that so much. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. So we have um, that tune in quite a bit of women that are established female founders with all that are brand new to leading others and to hiring and starting businesses. So our next one is, I think, can be applicable to nonprofits or for-profits. You can't want dedicated people if you're not committed to paying them something meaningful. Um, and I, I remember you went through a whole series of this on your Twitter, and it's this whole idea of cycle poverty. How do we get out of this? We'd love to hear your thoughts specifically because you've got this, this extensive leadership in nonprofit, but just in general, because I think a lot of us are just now brand new business owners, still trying to figure it out. And it's so important to build a strong foundation, but how do you build a strong foundation for business or leadership when you haven't been a uh, guide and you've not gotten the mentorship? So many uh, women, and in my journey, some of my best leaders and mentors have been men. Some of my most challenging have been women. And I don't think it's because they necessarily hated me or hated women. I don't know if they got the guidance on how to, to lead others. So can you talk about this when it and reflecting of paying people meaningful, but bigger picture though, it really comes to uh, how do we lead forward in a good positive way? You know, there's, there was a series and that's not where this comment came from when I did it. This was based on a conversation that I had but there was a series on social media, a big one, I think it was on LinkedIn about internships that started mm -hmm. it. But when we're building businesses and we may not have the financial capital, um, and so we start talking about internships, right? And number one, we don't even understand the legal requirements around internships. Internships are not to help us build businesses. Internships are about the intern and, and yes. the the opportunity, right? And we don't realize that if an intern is smart enough and they're doing something and they're not getting a tangible benefit and they take you to court that you might end up paying them anyway, right? And so we have to really think about that. We want to build businesses, but we're not willing to pay people to help us build businesses, but we want people to pay for our services and products. What are we really saying? I don't want to pay for I don't want to pay for the human capital to help me build my business but I want you to pay me for what I'm producing because what I'm producing has value. We have to really sit and think about that and we cannot go with that old school mentality of it was good enough for me back then mm -hmm. with interns 
Um, so it's good enough for now. Well, actually, it wasn't good enough for us back then. We just didn't have any options, just like it wasn't good enough for women back then. I can tell horror stories of what it was oh. like as a young woman, um, you know, starting my career in the 90s and what I couldn't wear to work. It wasn't good enough for the for interns. I, it was slave labor when I was interning. <laughs> right. It wasn't good enough for them back for us back then. Mm -hmm. And when we think about what these arguments over minimum wage, I made $4 and 25 cents an hour in 1988 and minimum wage, right? Federal is 725. Now think about that. Hmm. Think about, and I compare that to think about what Congress, congressional members made at the same time. And there's been a huge, a huge, difference in what they made then versus what they make now. And so, and you think about what housing costs are. If you want good people, I've worked with people in for-profit and non-profits, and I hear people say they love working for me. When it comes to people loving you, loving working for you, but loving taking care of their family, what they love the most is going to be loving taking care of their family. And mm -hmm. they can love working for you. But if I have to work two or three jobs versus working one good job, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going right. to work one good job because I honestly want to be with my family. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to work. I don't want to have to sacrifice time when I could just get one good job and take care of my family. And you have to start thinking about that. I have had people tell me, well, I'm thinking about my clients and I don't want to charge too much. Honestly, I've had to tell people, if you charge not enough, some people are not going to even buy from you because they're going to think your product's too yeah. cheap. Yeah. Right? So as an entrepreneur, we have to start thinking about what we're even charging for our price, how we're pricing our products and our services. And if we want the right talent who brings the right, right, right skill sets to the table, we have to figure out what that is and then roll that into the cost for our products and services so that we can retain the talent because no one wants to train people over and over and over again. I look at my own business. I have a starting rate for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I don't go below it. I don't care who you are, intern, yeah. I don't care. There is a starting rate for everybody. And it's well above $15 an hour mm -hmm. because I don't want part-time or full-time. I don't want anybody thinking about having to do one thing for me and then having to do another right. thing for someone else. I don't want people to have to think about that because you know what that means for me? That mm -hmm. possibly they're thinking about, I might have to leave her and go do something else. I can't yeah. afford that as a small business owner. I can't. What would you advise that. then to the woman or man that's tuned in that is in that situation where they are, are needing additional support, but maybe they're they're listening to this conversation, determining, okay, I can't really afford to pay the support at what they should be paid. What's your advice to them? Can I can I be honest? This is a say to the nonprofit sector. Can you really evaluate whether or not you need to be in business? Mm. Right? Because sometimes I think we run this rat race because if you can't afford to pay people, then I'm also thinking, can you afford to pay yourself? Mm. Because if you're struggling to pay people, you're either not paying yourself 
not right. paying yourself enough or you're paying yourself a lot and you're treating people wrong. Mm. There's something that's not happening that's right. Yeah. And if one, one, some or all of those things are happening, then as a business owner, you need to revisit some things, right? Mm -hmm. You can't love this whole hustle mentality is it's tiring. In yeah. the entrepreneurial, like we just gonna hustle. This, um, like sometimes we just this this meme that's going around. Sometimes we just need to get started without a business plan. I mean, fine, yes, yeah, some of us do need to do that. But this whole hustle, spend your money, going broke, taking it out your family, everybody's going poor, you losing out. There are smarter ways to do it. Going to find resources. Going yeah. to find. There are plenty of free resources. Sometimes we don't understand the numbers because we never sat down to do a budget. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't understand the numbers or what it could take. People say, "Well, I I can't afford to do it." Well, we never sat down to understand what human capital could really cost for yeah. our organization. We didn't even compare. We don't even know how much that could really cost or what the going rate is for those types of opportunities in our industries. We've not done our homework. People are saying that they can't afford it simply because they don't know what it costs. And that's what I find more so than anything. People don't want to pay for it. People haven't done their homework and they stay in that place because they want to make sure their bottom line stays at a certain place. But their bottom line is always going to go up and down because they're not retaining the right type of talent because they've not hired the right type of talent for their actual business. I mean, I think such this is a, a massive challenge and a problem I see here um, with so many of us starting businesses at a prolific rate. Texas ranks uh, really high for women, specifically founders of color starting businesses here. But by year three, most of us have not built any traction. We've not really brought any revenue um, and, and quite a bit of us. And I think the percentage was 90% uh, of us are solopreneurs, which in some businesses, I think that works. But for most businesses to succeed, you have to have help and support. You've got to mm -hmm. actually hire staff. And I think it comes to your point of us. A lot of us don't know. I want to go to the next point because I think this is kind of intertwined with this too, of this idea of you've got to run a business on purpose and with purpose, which I think is kind of tied in this conversation. We're starting companies. We're excited about what that means. You know, we this is Hispanic Heritage Month. And one of the things we talked about on a previous show was Latinas right now are, are number one when it comes to starting businesses. When it comes to Hispanic individuals starting business, women over men, hands down. A lot of that is because they don't have the opportunities. There's still a massive uh, gender wage gap. Latinas are, are impacted by it the most. They also were hit the hardest by the pandemic too. So we're starting these businesses. We're excited about what this freedom can mean, this independence. A lot of us have never had that before. This idea of having a side hustle, but then actually thinking about building an actual business, not just starting a hustle, not just doing something, grinding or whatever, uh, but building something with purpose. What did you mean by that when we talk about building a business with purpose and with purpose? Yeah, on, so Pete, it's just that. that oh, wait, I'm sorry. I got to let you know what Trisha just said. And I agree with you, girl. This is literally, <laughs> she said, yeah. listen, this year has been for the books. I agree with you. And I've been in business now for, for a bazillion years and it's been challenging. Yeah. And it's always and your point of the hustle. It's, it's, it's this hustle mentality. It's, you know, you know, I'm a one up and I'm it's team, no sleep. All of these unhealthy, 
uh, yeah. ways of building a business. And it has to be on, you have to know why you're building a business. It has to be something that works for you. It has, and I'm not talking about, you know, as most of my work is around the, the nonprofit sector. So I'm not talking about like purpose built kind of businesses. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking. I'm just talking about, you have to be intentional about building your business, right? You have to sit down and plan your business. Um, you may not have had a traditional business plan in the beginning, but if you are not setting goals quarterly, annually, like you should not be in a business of every day, like working in real time and just working on tasks. Like there should be some sort of objectives at the end of this particular quarter, at the end of this mm -hmm. year, this is what I hope to achieve. And so then you, all you're doing is figuring out the task to get to that point. But if every day it feels like you're putting out fires, if every day you're just responding to email, if every day you're just thinking about what you're going to post on social media, but there's no rhyme or reason to why you're posting on social right. media except to have pretty pictures then what's the mm. point what's the purpose it's not on purpose and it's not with purpose there's there's nothing that you're doing it's just sometimes we're just trying to emulate what we see other people doing yeah. and when we are not gaining traction and we're not gaining results we don't know what that's for what why we're doing it and doggone it investing yourself mm -hmm. even if you can't pay for a coach stop believing if you know you know you've had some traction you're making some money every leader needs a leader mm -hmm. investing yourself if the leader that you have is not working for you if you've never had a business coach go on and invest in yourself and if financially you can't afford to do it do some of the old school small business development center score those are yeah. still some amazing places to go to look at some of these um the business grants that come along with business resources look at some of those investing yourself from a professional development perspective stop thinking as soon as you get some money in the bank you have arrived because growing a business is an ever developing process and if you think because i finally hit six figures my business is now going to hit a million if you've never hit a million then you don't know what it takes to hit a million you know what it takes to hit six figures and you can rinse and repeat that, but you don't know what it takes to hit a, a, a million. You actually don't know what it takes to hit a half a million. So there has to be a process that you know how to rinse and repeat things, but that you know how to scale. And you have to be very intentional about that particular, that particular process. And then you have to be very intentional and in saying, this doesn't work for me anymore, or this doesn't work at all. And I need to abandon this. And I can't be married to this particular part of my business. And I won't let this go because your ego won't let it go. And mm -hmm. it really is not serving you a purpose other than I just, I put it on paper. So therefore I'm going to do it. No, I think it's, it's huge. And I think um, what a lot of it, what you're saying is we got to get out of our own way. Sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. we're really blocking a lot of the blessings. We are. And the we gifts are. that we have. They're blocking a lot of it. And I think as women, we get too emotional and it's who we are, right? And I don't want to discount that because I think that's the beauty sometimes in who we are in building businesses and nurturing our businesses. So I don't want to discount that at all. I, I actually love that about us. But sometimes that can get in the way. 
right? If we don't know when to, when to nip that, right? So that can be a blessing for us in building businesses, but sometimes that can actually really get in the way. And um, we just have to know when enough is enough. And listen, as a, as a, as a best business buddy, we should, we have women that are business owners around us. We should be able to have those conversations. My friends that are in business know that I'm going to be the one to say, I mean, why are you still doing that? Like, yeah. For real, why why are you still doing that? I mean, why why are you posting that on social media? Stop posting, stop posting other people's stuff on social <laughs> media. I don't see you posting your stuff. Stop posting. Like I have those conversations. Yeah. It's not honestly, it's not to be insulting. I'm saying it because I want you to shine. Stop stop sh putting that shine on other people. I know you have the heart because you're a woman. I know why you're doing mm -hmm. it, but right now you need to get the cash. It's so true. Yeah. It goes back to this stop waiting for permission, stop waiting, yes. stop pausing. Yes. So we, we're almost out of time. We got one final, uh, although we could go on forever. We've got yeah. one final leadership uh, lesson. But before we get to the last one, Kim, I want to make sure we plug um, how do people stay in contact with you? What's next for you for Cost Studio, for Style Givers? Tell us a little bit about what's next and how so people can have, connect with you. Yeah, so stylegivers.com, we actually have an October drop. So we launched for plus size women, but women small to extra large wouldn't stay out of my DMs, um, <laughs> would not stay out of my DMs. So there are a few things for small to extra large in the October drop will be dropping within the next week. Um, so you can go to stylegivers.com add your name to our email list so you'll get um, the information when we drop. So I'm really excited about the October collection. We don't, we're not one of those 24 hour, seven days a week. We're dropping something all the time. We're very intentional about our drops. Um, Cost Studio will be having, so we do have some free training and then we'll mm -hmm. have a curated paid training for nonprofit startups. Um, we'll have a training coming up in two weeks, a free boot camp. Um, things that you need to know before you start a nonprofit. Um, so we'll have two boot camps coming up at the end of October. And then November, we'll start a six-week um, paid training course where I'll take you through a roadmap to create an actual document that'll help you to solidify whether or not you need to move forward with a nonprofit organization. You can sign up for that through causestudio.co. You'll get all of the information um, on how to sign up for the boot camp and then the subsequent class um, class as well. Okay, so perfect. Those are the next we, two things coming up. And then okay. just come online everywhere on social media. If you just follow me, you'll get all of the information for everything anyway. Great. And we'll, of course, send all this out for you all too. If you, because I know some of us have just tuned in, or if, if you haven't gotten to see this whole episode, we always send out this replay of everything on Wednesday. So don't worry if you think you missed out. So, final lesson we only have two minutes left. So, final lesson I want to leave on this note. And then we always ask a final question for everyone that's on. If you can tell us about a, a Texas woman, she can be a celebrity, someone from real life. She can be present. She can be from the past, no longer here. Someone that inspires you. So last tip, have a way to connect with people outside of social media. We saw this big time last week. So we'd love your final thoughts on that. And then a Texas woman that inspires you. Um, how to connect outside of social media on your own list. Um, just own as an entrepreneur, it's nice to be on social media, but own your own list. I don't care, convert kid, MailChimp, whatever, own your own list. That should be the point of entry, and then funnel and utilize social media as an add on. But last week, 
I loved getting all of the email, even though I felt like, oh gosh, I got to delete all this stuff. But I loved seeing all of the email come out. Like I got a sale going on, free shipping and all of these things, because what it said is people were letting you know, although we're off social media in terms of Facebook and Instagram, but we're still here, we're still present. So make sure that you are not limiting your presence to social media because you don't own that. So that's number one. And a woman that inspires me, and she knows it because I just told her yesterday via text, I love and adore you, Dr. Francois Booker-Drew of the State Fair, uh, Vice President of Community Affairs at the State Fair of Texas. For years, people would say, do you know her? And I was like, I don't know her. People keep asking, do you know her? And when I met her instantly, I said, Mm. I now know why people asked. If I knew you, and like from that moment on, it was just like fangirl. And she is just one of, because she's so committed to community, it's someone that I can instantly identify with that she is true to community, she is driven, and she, whatever she says she's going to do, she does just that. And that is someone that I can respect. And there aren't many people that I will say that about, but for her, without a shadow of a doubt, with, she can ask me, if she asks me something or tells me I need to go talk to somebody, I don't even ask why. Mm-hmm. There's probably very few people, probably five people max in the country that if they tell me to go talk to somebody, I'll go and do it. And I won't ask any questions. I'll just say, Francois said I should talk to you. And then I'll figure out why once I start talking to her. <laughs> no, she, she's in, she's incredible. She, I think a lot of us fangirl secretly <laughs> over her for sure. Anything she puts out, I'm constantly reading. So she's incredible. She, to me, is so reflective of really what we call the new Texas here. It's basically who you think's here. And and I, I always like to just remind everyone about this too, because so many women, we have so many transplants here. And I think this is part of this new Texas is that we've just got, if there's a certain energy and vibe here because of the mix of women that have come here from everywhere that have brought their stories, their lives. I know you're from New York originally, Kim. So have brought their stories here. And first of all, I think represents I think what is happening here, she's making things happen. She's got impact. She cares about the community. She cares about women. So I I love, love her choice too. So we're out of time. As always, this goes by so fast. Kimberly Mm -hmm. O'Neill, thank you so much for for joining us here. I mean, you could do a whole, a whole masterclass on this topic too, for, for not, for for for-profits, I think. Maybe we'll talk about that. I just have to say this in like five seconds. I just want to say thank you to you because people need to know what you've done for this entire entrepreneurial community. I have been in this community for over a decade and you have too. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you get your flowers and you need them. You talk about me, but you need them. And I just, I can't end this. I know you're out of time, but I can't end without saying thank you to you. And I want people to know that you have been here every step of the way. And I don't think you get enough kudos for what you've done um, in creating, not just for women, but for the entire entrepreneurial community. Um, and I'm glad to see that you're doing this for women across the state. So I'm going to say thank you to you for what you're doing right now. And I wish you nothing but immense blessings for what you're doing through Her Texas. Thank you, Kimberly. Well, first of all, you've always had my back, always publicly, privately. So always have had that. So I, I, I really um, I'm thankful for that because you know, a lot of us are just doing the work here, just trying to make things happen, but it's important for us to recognize each other. So I appreciate that because it's been a long 10 years. <laughs> 
it's been an amazing 10 years, but it's been a long 10 years yes, for yeah. sure. You know, we talk about that. But if, if my, I used to tell my mom, I was like, mom, I really am tired. I'm over people. I'm over this. She goes, but if not you, who will? And I'll never forget, she told me that before she passed away. She said that to me actually repeatedly. And so it's something that sticks with me too, because if not us, who will, right? We've got to start thinking about who's uh, before us and who's after us. So uh, um, thank you all for tuning in for support for Her Texas. And I can't wait to see you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.